Welcome to Two Men On, ladies and gentlemen. 110%. Kill the cards. Oh, what yeah, I remember that one. Tell where you are. I was telling you suck. You know what? I, I quit. I really quit. <laughs> the Kwame Brown of fantasy baseball. I love enough somebody to say that. Wayne Grove Party Con, right? Yeah. You're dreading this already. <laughs> Which two men are on? T-M-O, baby. That's hot. days before the show starts yeah uh, but it was awesome cool did you hear um i read yesterday that they're not going to cast megan fox in uh, transformers 3 is that right they've cut her out yeah why would they do that because they're fools obviously <laughs> i mean how, how do you obviously. not have megan fox in transformers welcome to two men on boys and girls that's right, we're back. How's it going? And it's only been, wow, it's only been seven days, Johnny. We are doing great. Yeah, we're working a week at a time. See how we go. Uh, crawling before we start walking. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, man, I am sick and tired of this rain down here in Virginia. That's all we've had for like 10 days is rain. I just, I want some sunshine. Is that right? Things are good here. We're like at 82 today, I think. That's, yeah. Uh, pleasant. Always sunny in Philly. <laughs> hey, guys, before we get too far into the show, I uh, just kind of want to make mention, um, you, you probably already noticed uh, a bit of a difference in our uh, sound quality uh, in, in this week's show. Uh, we're trying a new technique uh, for, for Two Men On that we hope will bring you uh, better, more consistent sound quality from week to week so that uh, you can hear things a little better and, and there's not so much cracking and popping from the... Um, uh, from the audio, uh, since the sh uh, show started, we've actually been been using a conference call line that records your conversations um, you know, to an, to an audio file like an MP3. But uh, we're, we're trying a, something a little different um, now, and and, and I, I'm excited about it. I hope we have some some good results. I, I, I think this is going to turn out well. Yeah, it's actually a space age polymer that we uh, rub all over our bodies. <laughs> And uh, I'll tell you, it really picks up the sound. This, this show has never been gayer. No. No. Coming well, up. A lot of good stuff today, though. <laughs> Coming up on Two Men On today, the cramps. Johnny shattered a two-year-old league record. Plus, yeah. plus, we're going to name the BDL's Mr. Canada for 2010. But first. Matchup to watch. Yeah. This week's uh, this week's matchup, uh, again, I, I've decided to give it a name. Uh, this is fun for me. So um, I've decided this week's matchup is going to be called Canadian Pride Week uh, because they have they like to have some fun up there in Canada. And uh, the matchup uh, um, matches the Newmarket Nats against the the Rockland Rockets this week. That, um, that's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two teams that. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it couldn't be any different. Um, we'll get into like their records and uh, some of the stats, but uh, uh, do you have any initial thoughts? 
Well, I, I, the, uh, I guess, you know, you're, my initial thoughts, Johnny, with those two teams, you're, you're seeing you're seeing the pendulum swing in two different directions for those franchises. And, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, meeting each other at the crossroads right there for both franchises. And, you know, the, the, the Nats, you know, just, you know, as recently as, as a couple years ago were a perennial playoff team, a uh, powerhouse in the league. They had the best uh, or tied for the best record in the league in, in 07, uh, won the Northern Division. And, um, you know, we're, we're really rocking there for a while. But uh, i tell you, things have taken a, a turn for the worse in New Market. I, I'm not sure how um, it, uh, owner uh, Don Browse is going to manage to turn that team around anytime soon. Um, but, um, you know, on the other hand, the, the Rockets, you know, really showing signs of life early in the season, uh, obviously compared to last year when they went winless for all of 2009, and, and they, they're already, uh, uh, you know, playing extremely well ball um, in, in 2010, and, and I, I don't see that trend slowing down for them. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see it just in in, in who their key players are. It's, it's a matter of veterans versus youngsters, and and you can see that the Rockets, the, all their youngsters are uh, are really coming up, and and they're going to be a force in that East Division. Um, uh, New Market has has names like Chipper and Manny, uh, Tejada, Mariano Rivera, all these guys that you know they've been using since '06. Um, they've uh, you know been relying on them uh, for too long. They've been, they've yeah. been relying on them too long, and. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I kind of feel bad already that we're getting into this because it's, you know, it's inevitable that this conversation is going to turn into a, um, a, a bashing of, of the new market Nats, I'm, I'm afraid, with the way things have been going. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to find a lot of positives. I mean, now, to be fair, he has, uh, you know, the, the team has had a lot of key injuries um, over the last two seasons, really, including this year. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he's had some bad luck, but it, it's not just luck. It is absolutely not just luck. You know, uh, team management really needs to take a hard look at that squad. And, and you know, I think it's time to sell some pieces, uh, or at least the, what he has left that, uh, you know, can be liquidated for, for the, the team's future, you know, draft picks and, and, and prospects. And, and, uh, but, uh, you know, when, when you look at the Rockets, though, I think one key thing you have to talk about is Mike's uh, tendency to trade so often. I, you know, I, I wish we had this. Uh, I wish we had thought to to compile this tap before the show. But I don't know exactly how many trades that Mike Polidoro has made, even in the last twelve months. Uh, you know, not 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 including you know his, his entire tenure in the league, but just over the last year or so. I mean, it's it's. I think just, just over the past twelve months, if I'm looking correctly, it's it's been about thirty-three thousand <laughs> trades. That sounds about <laughs> right. You you might and you might be lowballing a little bit, but you know. <laughs> well, I think Don could probably take take a page out of his book on there. And you know, we we started seeing the off season. I mean, he sold off a couple guys, including Josh Johnson, and uh, but I think there's plenty of work there to do. Um, you know, I think some of it has has started to come around for the for the Nats, but only in small doses because their pitching, <clears throat> their pitching is really, I guess through six weeks, leading league in WHIP. Uh, there's just not that many of them right that now contributing for him, 
Um, and when you look at some of the overall records, you know, uh, Nats are fourth in the North, which is for, good for 14th overall, um, and 17 games back. Uh, whereas the the Rockets, third in the East, uh, a real tough division, um, makes them tied for fifth overall through six weeks, and only six and a half games back. So um, these two teams uh, <laughs> couldn't be farther apart at this point. Yeah, and I'm, I think you know the key thing to look at there is is you know as was mentioned earlier, the Nats were the top team or one of or one of two top teams in 07. And you know now stand with the, with the 14th best record out of 16 teams in the league in, in 2010. That's that's a hard fall from from the end of 07 to the beginning of, of 2010. That's a hard fall. And and going back to the uh, uh, the points <clears throat> about the Rockets and, and all all of the activity, you know I, I think it's finally clear that Mike knows Mike knows what he's what he's doing for sure. You know you you don't make that many trades. Or, or, or I should say, you, you you make that many trades for one of two reasons. One, you 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 don't know what you're doing. <laughs> or two, you know exactly what you're doing, and you're taking, uh, you know, you, you're you're taking the strategic way around the block to get there via, you know, sh continuously shuffling pieces to to you know tool your roster and, and get it to the point where you think it can, can compete. Now, you know, Mike and I talk nearly every day, and. You know he he's always on me about uh, about the East Division and how tough it is and how he's going to best me this year and and you know I I don't think that he's right but you know you never know the Rockets are playing really well but he believes he truly believes he's a, he's a real contender in this league and I tell you what even even from a winless team last year just looking at at at, at how this season is playing out already I'm not sure that he's that he's not right you know absolutely uh, th that Rocket squad is really taken off no pun intended. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's brought in an amazing cast of, like, uh, Miguel Cabrera, you know, Joey Votto, Adam Lind. He's got youth in the back in the bullpen in, in Broxton. And, I mean, you, some of these stats bear bear this out as well. I mean, you look at starts for next week. Um, Brockland's got 12 versus Newmarket 7. So they've, they've continued to build uh, their roster for 2010 and even the future. Uh, I was so surprised by this. When I looked at the, the numbers through six weeks, Michael is actually leading the entire BDL in home runs and RBI. That's incredible. That's that's really incredible. Yeah. And with that talent, I mean, he's got two stud first basemen already. And you look at the two teams and you want to compare them even further. They've got two young first basemen coming up. I have a question for you. Which first base prospect will help them more in 2010, Ike Davis or Justin Smoke? You know, that's that, that that's tough. Um, Smoke hasn't hardly broken through as quickly as, as I thought, and I, you know, I, I may not be the best person really to talk on this subject because I, I guess I'm a little biased having previously owned Justin Smoke. <laughs> uh, in fact, I was um, the individual that traded him to, to Mike. But... Uh, you know, I think it's at least in the short term that that probably Smoke is the one to have the, the quickest impact. Um, you know, uh, Mike insisted on Smoke being included in the deal that got him Miguel Cabrera in the first place, and 
you know, Mike has a, has a really good nose for talent. I think that's been proven already in his time in the league, and, and I, I have no doubt that uh, uh, Mr. Smoke is going to be a, 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 an asset for the Rockets maybe as soon as this summer. And uh, if, if, yeah. if I had to choose between the two, I, I would choose Justin Smoke. Yeah, I'm sure he's heard that before. Uh, a good Canadian nose is what he has. <laughs> um, but uh, I might actually take the other side, at least for 2010. Uh, just looking at it, I think you know how I feel about Smoke based on our conversations in, uh, in the draft preview a year or so ago. Um, you know, I loved him, but the way Texas is set up, uh, with so many DHs, so many first base, third base, you know, who knows. And the way Ike Davis is, has really come on for a team that doesn't have a first base in the Mets, um, I think Don's got a chance. I, I just would like to see him do more. Um, uh, coming aboard, you know, uh, get those trades moving. And uh, I really think, you know, he's got a shot. He doesn't need to be in fourth in the north. Got a lot of good players. Yeah, and here's another question for you, Johnny, uh, regarding the Rockets. Let's assume, let's assume for for a second that that Smoke does come up this year and uh, plays really well. Uh, again, as you say, it's it's unclear how he would break through necessarily, but let's just assume that he does, or even early next year. That gives the Rockets uh, potentially three stud mm -hmm. first basemen now. Assuming that he would want to trade one of those players to fill another hole in the team, who would you target first if you had that club? Oh boy, who would I target for his club, or um, if if you were who would if, I target to get rid of if, if, to get rid of if if you were Mike, you had those three players all up, all producing well in the majors, which is going to happen at some point. I mean, smoke is, you know, prospects are such a question mark; it's it's impossible to tell yet just how good he's going to be, but it, it's clear that he has talent. I don't think anyone uh, disagrees that he is going to produce in the major leagues. It's just a matter of at what level. Now, if you had those three players on your roster, if you are Mike, and you have other holes to fill on your team, you're obviously going to target one of those players to send elsewhere. Uh, who do you choose? Well, I mean, if I'm Mike, I, there's no way Joey Votto goes anywhere because uh, he loves him some Canadians. Although, he did send Rich Harden away, so uh, that makes me think. Um, I got to think, I guess, best overall value is Cabrera, and um, I would love to have him. I'm sure anyone would love to have him, but I don't think, I think he wants to win, and I don't think you win by trading away those big studs. Uh, you either trade the next guy down, or... I guess if he's in love with Votto, uh, I think you can get a lot for Votto, but um, I would trade Smoke, obviously, because he's young enough, there's still a lot of value in, in that, in our league. Yeah, well, I I, I'm, I think I would go a different direction, frankly. Um, I probably would trade Cabrera because of his of his depth at, at 1B, you know, uh, down down the road. The reason for that being, he, he's going to be the, the one to, to bring back the most value for whatever he's looking for. Now, you can plug in Votto as your everyday first baseman on that club and and just, you know, as far as first base is concerned, kick it into, into cruise control because you're, you're not going to have a worry with Votto, okay? And if Smoke proves to be, you know, worth holding on to, then he's a very suitable DH player in this league. Um, you, you trade away Cabrera, you bring back 
you know, a stud ace or another stud at a different position that you need. I think you get more value and you get you get more talent across the board for your club. Uh, you become a more complete club by trading Cabrera in that instance. That's at least my view. Fair enough. I mean, if he decides to go that way, then, you know, Johnny will be interested. <laughs> I'm just saying. Let's take a, a similar look at the, at the Nats, actually, Johnny. Um, who on that squad right now, if you were Don, would you would you look at and say, you know, I, I have a chance to, to play better ball this year, but I'm already, you know, digging such a hole that it, it, it just may not be worth it. Um, and I need to start the rebuilding process right now. Who would you, who do you look yeah, at when well, you see it that I mean you know probably the the, the one that, that kind of sticks out at least among the the um, uh, his his players let's let's take a look at, at his, his at his injured players at the moment okay because that that's an interesting interesting look at that um, you know Beltran and Volquez both uh, have been you know very high value players in the past what what, what kind of trade mm-hmm. value do they have left uh. I don't know how much they have right now. Um, I would I would hold on to them until they come back into form. To be quite honest, I I very rarely like to sell low. Uh, and, and he's got the I guess he's got a few other guys on the DL that uh, he'd like to occupy. But um, I mean, the one that jumps out to me immediately is Mariana Rivera. I just I would I would get him out of the off the team now. And it's not just because you know, I've been trying to get him, but because, <laughs> you know, he will never be better. He's starting to break down, and uh, you're still bound to get something for him. Uh, probably same goes with Manny, uh, but probably less. Sure. Well, and this is this is probably a, an unnecessary question, the way these two clubs are playing right now. Although the the Nats did have a good week last week, but. Uh, which team do you believe is closest to a playoff berth at, at this moment? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a simple question with, with the way uh, the Rockets have improved. However, he's got three teams right there um, that <laughs> that knock him three times a year. So, I mean, I might still go with Michael, uh, but um, it's tough. I don't want to knock the North either because <laughs> you know how I feel about the North. Um, I'll go with Michael. I, I, I would go with Rockets um, as well. You know, I, the, the East is a very tough division, um, <laughs> at least in my opinion. It's, that's no secret. But, uh, you know, I, I think Mike has a real shot of the wild card. Um, and I, I wouldn't be shocked in the least if, if in fact, he, uh, he did snag a wild card at all. Okay, Johnny. Question of the day. Worst Canadian pride moment. I understand we have some dirt on Mr. Brow. That's right. Uh, this is uh, coming straight from uh, Johnny's Facebook page. <laughs> uh, as as I cheer on my Philadelphia Flyers in the uh, in the Stanley Cup hockey playoffs, um, I start getting these messages and these. Uh, these quotes from uh, Mr. Don, um, how they're his flyers and how uh, he's really rooting them on. So it just begs the question: like, is this is this all right for a Canadian to, to root for the Flyers? 
You're a traitor, Don. You're a traitor to your country. And that's not cool. We don't appreciate that here at TMO. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, whatever you're doing is working, so keep it up. But, uh, of course, that's, that's not good for, for Canada. Uh, and, of course, there was Michael's insistence that the Olympic opening ceremonies weren't gay. Yeah, that's pretty bad, too. I, there's, there's, like, uh, pride in your country, and then there's just, uh, I don't know what to call that. <laughs> okay, John, do you want to pick a winner in this matchup for Week 8? Yeah, you know, just given the number of starts and given um, the way the Rockets have been playing lately, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give Michael uh, seven wins. Uh, I'm pretty confident about that one. I, I was actually thinking the exact same thing. I, I was uh, preparing for the show. I thought seven three um, was it was about uh, as good a prediction as you're going to come up with for for this particular matchup at this time with the way these clubs are playing. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that's, you know, that, that's, that's my thought anyway. That's about what you're going to see. Okay, guys, we're going to throw it down to Daisy Baker down on the farm. Howdy, y'all. Daisy Baker here, coming at you from Alexandria, where fans of Northern Virginia Tang can't seem to keep their eyes off of that handsome pitcher from Hickory. He sure has this southern belle of blushing. I'm about as red as a beet over here, y'all. Madison Bumgarner's his name, and lately his game has been whirling fireballs past the competition on his way to six good-looking consecutive starts. A streak that surely has the pitching star of Grigley Bill Woo licking their chops. The 6-4 South Pole has allowed as many as two earned runs only once in his last six games. Capping that run Monday with a seven-inning shutout that included eight Ks. All that fancy throwing has Bumgarner thinking a second stint in the majors ain't too far away. I'd be happy to do it tomorrow, he said, of returning to the Giants, though admitting he wasn't getting too carried away with the idea. For right now, he said, I'm keeping my mind where it's at. Things could be better for the tank's crop of infield prospects, namely second baseman Brett Lowry and Scott Sizemore. The 20-year-old Lowry, a 2008 first-round pick, continues to hit the ball poorly at AA Huntsville, batting a miserable 184 through his last 10 games. The former Futures game participant does have 18 RBIs on the season, however. Sizemore, who took over starting duties in the major leagues for Detroit at the beginning of the year, was demoted back to the minor league ball this week after a poor start. Don't expect to see the Virginia Beach native on the free agent market though, as no one in the Tigers lineup will likely keep him out of the majors this summer. For TMO, I'm Daisy Baker. Bye y'all. And now for a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of the Ripken Award being handed out to people who don't really deserve it? Are you tired of not having a candidate who will bring class to the award? Do you want the award to be given to a man who represents everything that is great about the BDL? Well friends, now is your chance. There's only one man who could bring dignity back to the Ripken. Only one man who has revolutionized the rebuilding process. Only one man who we all love and respect more than anyone in the world. That man is general manager of the most improved team in the league. That man is Michael Polidoro. This year when you vote for the Ripken, vote for class, vote for dignity, 
Both are really friggin' cool. Vote Mike Polidoro. Paid for by friends of Polidoro for Ripken. And remember, you too can advertise on TMO. Just getting in contact with uh, Scotty or I. All right, Johnny, on to our next segment. We're going to call this one Rocking the Mound. We saw the Crawford Cramps absolutely shatter a uh, nearly two-year-old league record last week, and, and it, it was really remarkable to watch. I, to be quite honest, I, I wasn't really aware that it was in the process of happening uh, late week last week and, until uh, somebody on, on the CBS chat page there br uh, brought attention to it, and, and I, I took a look, and I was just astounded. The cramps broke the weekly ERA record that was previously held by the Wrigleyville Woo with a mark of 1.08 that was set in 2008, uh, sometime late in the season, I believe. Broke that record with a 0.623 ERA in 43.3 innings. Johnny, how? How did he do that? Well, that's nuts. I mean, I, I don't think that's nuts. So, th I think this record was actually made for Brian and, and the way the cramps are set up because he's kind of built his team on on acquiring that elite talent, um, like one piece at a time, you know. And and when you think about a record like this, it's basically, not basically, it's, it's pretty complicated, but you need a relatively low number of innings and, and you need all cylinders kind of clicking at once. And and you knew all the, his you know all his pitchers had it in them, you know it just shows the consistency that's coming around for for Brian's team and 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 it says a lot that he doesn't like fill out his roster with uh, a lot of veterans or, or mediocre pitchers just to chase wins or saves or K's you know um, so that that's probably uh, a big big reason I, I would say he he. Uh, well, you know that that shattered the market. Yeah, I mean that that, that you know that that's a strategy that that works for some and not for others. It just depends on the makeup of your staff and who you decide to start and sit on the week. But I mean, just take a look at these numbers. He used six starting pitchers and one reliever to break this record. Um, Leak six innings, two earned runs. Kershaw seven innings, one earned run. Hughes seven innings, no earned runs. Porcello seven innings, no earned runs. Verlander six. 0.7 innings, no earned runs. Matus, seven innings, zero earned runs. And Ryan Perry, uh, 2.7 innings, also no earned runs. Just incredible, you know. And I mean, I, I realize that's not that many innings, but it's you know over 40, over 40 innings to to throw, you know, or, or to allow only three earned runs. That that is still incredible. That is that is absolutely astounding to me. And uh, you see, actually, uh. uh Matus there was the only starter not to earn a win, um, or at least among the starters that, that Brian used that week. Uh, the Baltimore bullpen gave up uh, eight runs in the ninth inning in that game against Cleveland, I believe, to uh, uh, to lose that game. But uh, here's another stat that I, that I found find incredible. There were twice as many earned runs on the Cramps bench, six, than on his active roster. That's that's ridiculous. I can't even fathom these numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it really is an incredible uh, record there, and we really have to applaud Brian for uh, uh, for for getting that done. I, you know, I, I don't know if he 
you know, once uh, midweek came around, if he kind of saw what was happening and, 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 and tooled the rest of the week to try to, to shoot for that, you know, I, knowing Brian, he, he probably had more, he was probably more concerned with, you know, overall wins for his club. I don't think really he's a record chaser, but um, uh, that's, you know, that, that's something to be proud of. And it's, I tell you, it's going to be for a long time. Um, I don't see that record being broken for a long time. I, I don't want to say if ever because uh, things, you know, odd things happen all the time in sports and, uh, you know, it could happen. But that's, you know, it's going to take a really, really, really special week to, uh, to knock that record off its pedestal. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least not in 43 innings. I mean, if you want to squeak by with, 25 yeah you, know, you know we we remove that cap or that limit um but uh if you if you're trying to win a week and I, i'd say you know a 0.623 era will will get you some wins as well yeah <laughs> um so i i'm not seeing that broken anytime okay guys on to the ninth inning rally yeah now this week in uh bdl history uh in 2007 the NorCal damage tied the weekly record for saves, logging 10 successful game closeouts on the back of Kevin Gregg, Todd Jones, David Weathers, and Joaquin Soria. Leading the pack, though, was closer Jose Valverde, who with four saves helped the team reach the new BDL heights for the second time in less than a month. Valverde was a member of the Crawford Cramps team that first set the save record at 10 three weeks prior. Now for the BDL quote of the week here on TMO, quote, there are working girls in Tijuana that don't suck as hard as Craig right now. That comes to you from Craig Hunter way back in July of 2006. Johnny, give me your week eight nail biter matchup. Week eight nail biter. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Rebels over the damage. Uh, they've got 14 starts apiece. And uh, I like the Rebels hitting. I think the key for this matchup is uh, is the saves, considering Hoffman's gone down for the damage. I'm going to take, uh, actually, the Bulldogs edging the Wallabies uh, next week. I think uh, Portsmouth is playing really good ball right now. Uh, don't want to call them a surprise team in the north, but uh, uh, they, they have uh, uh, really had a, a good start to 2010, and, and uh, I expect good things from them. But uh, I see... Bulawayu just edging them next week, maybe 5-4-1. Okay, guys, to close the show today, we're going to crown TMO's 2010 Mr. Canada. Johnny. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Michael Polidoro. Mike. Yeah, we looked at this really closely, but, uh, you know, one thing we just couldn't get past, Don, you, you can't uh, you can't betray your country and, and be Mr. Canada here in the BDL. It just don't work like that, so, you know, sorry, man. Okay, guys, thanks for tuning in to TMO here again this week. We're going to be coming at you uh, next Friday again with another matchup look and some other things. And we, uh, uh, it was good to talk to you again, Johnny, and uh, I'll see you next week, man. All right, brother. All right, you've been listening to Two Men On, and we're out. TMO. These men always know where their balls are.